Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. They're calling it Grim Reminders, but I feel anything but grim. But I'm reminded that I have spoilers from Ghost Galaxy exclusive to Keyforge Public Radio. Let's open the seal and discover the thing together with the accompanying blog post in the description. Let's get sweaty. Welcome to Keyforge Public Radio with your host, Zach Armstrong. Welcome, everybody, to Keyforge Public Radio. I am your host, Zach Armstrong, where we are helping you become a better Keyforge player. But today, I don't know how much better we're going to help you be as a Keyforge player today, but we are going to make you a more excited Keyforge player as we talk through Keyforge Public Radio's exclusive spoilers from Grim Reminders, courtesy of Ghost Galaxy. At the time of recording, the GameFound campaign is still ongoing, so go ahead and support that Keyforge is back and we are using crowdfunding, so go ahead and jump on that. I know there are tiers starting at around $75 to get a good handful of decks, so go check that out. There is a link in the description of wherever you're listening. So, dear listener, I have rare, unfathomable cards to share with you today. Go ahead and check the link in the description. I will be describing the cards in full as we go along in case you cannot grace your eyes with the beautiful, beautiful card arts in the blog on KeyForgePublicRadio.com. So I'll be describing it as we go. And what's really cool about this, dear listener, is that Unfathomable has always had this dark, mystical, summoning giant creatures from the deep like the Key Raken vibe to them. And this is exactly that. You get to summon your own thing from the deep. So it is two cars we actually have to spoil here on Keyforge Public Radio today. One is a rare creature from Unfathomable called Thing from the deep this is a 30 power creature with the beast trait you heard that right 30 power how much power is too much power well 30 is a lot i don't know if it's too much but it is a heck of a lot so it's the 30 power creature thing from the deep it says thing from the deep cannot be played unless open the seal is in your discard pile and it has after fight steel two so what do we know about this it is a giant summonable beast that you can bring up from the deep, but you can only play it if a card named Open the Seal is in your discard pile. And after fight, you get to steal two, and you're going to get some fights out of it for that 30 power. That's quite survivable. Open the Seal is the accompanying action card. It comes with one natural Amber Pip, and then has Enhance, Amber Pip, Discard Icon, Discard Icon, Discard Icon. So that's one Amber Pip and three Discard Icons on the Enhancement for Open the Seal, which is linked to Think from the Deep and will always come with it so the system we have here is that open the seal must be in your discard pile for you to play thing from the deep and then once you play for thing from the deep and it's readied up on the next turn you can fight to steal two which is a great value to take out a creature on the other side and get that four amber swing so that's a good value once you're fighting but how good is this going to be this falls solidly within the whole ton of fun category, like the gigantic creatures from Mass Mutation and Tangaika from Winds of Exchange, which you can only play while you control four or more cultists. This is really a cross-set theme for Unfathomable at this point, with playing giant creatures with some very special cost for playing them. 
So like Tangaika, it's got a ton of power and it's got some, it's got a lot of fight on it. It's got fight steel too, but it's a very specific condition for getting it out. Open the seal needs to be in your discard pile. Now, Open the Seal itself will be helping out with this with the three discard icons that it sends to the other cards in the deck to help you accelerate what you can put into the discard pile. Now, the question is, is this going to be any good? It can certainly be a lot of fun to go ahead and drop this and then get value out of it, as you call Unfathomable on future turns. But is this going to be any good for competitive? Is this going to be something you want to see in Seal? Do you pick a pod with Thing from the Deep in it? in sealed alliance or if you're doing a sealed open three decks and pick one are you gonna want to pull this to try to achieve victory more effectively but here's the thing so we have to ask how hard will it be to pull off and then will it be worth it that's the two questions we have to ask with any cards that's set up for our combo whether you know this found combo in a deck or a combo like tangaika right like thing from the deep how hard will this be to pull off and will it be worth it in many of your games, Open the Seal is simply going to be many cards further into your deck than Thing from the Deep is. So far, we have seen some discard pile recursion in the things that are spoiled. If you go to ArcanArcana.com, you can click on Spoilers and check out all the sorts of cards that can return cards from your discard pile back to your deck. So if Thing from the Deep is the best card in your discard pile to target with said recursion, then that's great. If you've gotten Thing from the Deep early and you haven't seen Open the Seal, you're probably going to want to discard Thing from the Deep so you're not chaining yourself, so you're drawing up that extra card instead of Thing at the end of the turn. So you might have some ways to recur it, and you'll only want to recur it if it's the best option to recur in your discard pile via whatever recursion method you're using, whether that is shuffling back into your deck, putting on top of your deck, adding to your archives, your hand, whatever it is. There's several flavors of this in Grim Reminders. When you see Open the Seal first, you're going to have a much easier time summoning Thing from the Deep into your battle line, especially with the three extra discard bonus icons in your deck letting you choose cards to discard as you go along, right? Because that's going to get you, that's going to get those cards into your discard pile faster. It's going to get Open the Seal into your discard pile faster. And with that extra draw at the end of the turn, as you're drawing up to six, you use a discard bonus icon to discard an extra card from your hand. You're going to be seeing Thing even faster when you see those discard bonus icons. So that is generally, I think it will be about 50-50 about whether you can get this thing out easily or not. And you'll have to see if you want to spend your options and your resources on recurring an early thing from the deep out to then play it later. But here's one of the biggest issues with thing from the deep being strong. It's going to be fun. Like I said, it's, it's very cool. And I like that it's rare. But it's a creature without a play effect, so it's only going to start to steal Amber for you on future Unfathomable turns. And if there's something to fight and something that hasn't can't have poison, I might add, because then, <laughs> then Thing from the Deep doesn't survive the fight. The 30 power means it won't be easy to fight off, though the removal action cards, of course, will do the trick. Got plenty of those in Keyforge. And stealing two amber is a swing of four total, right? Your opponent loses two, you gain those two. And other cards with a swing of four are usually much easier to pull off. They have a simpler set of restrictions. There's burn the stockpile from a couple earlier sets that has your opponent lose four if there are seven or more. Sea urchin, the evil twin, steals two if the tide is high. Brand the Fanatic steals uh, roughly three, and you just have to destroy it, so you do need particular cards for that. So that's all to name a few, right? They all require some setup and particular parameters to fire, but are generally faster and more consistent than a two-card combo where the payoff has to take a turn to ready. 
Now, that being said, this is repeatable, so if this thing lives and fights for multiple turns at the cost of you calling Unfathomable repeatedly, you could start to see a much bigger increase in the amber stolen there. So I think there are situations where this can be good, but on average, this is not going to be a strong competitive card. However, this is going to be a card where you're at your local scene, somebody opens it, and maybe especially a new player goes, oh my gosh, I've played Thing from the Deep. Oh, that's so cool. And half the time, somebody will use an action card to blow it up, and half the time, it'll stay on the board, dominate, and everybody is having a great and entertaining time because guess what? They got to summon an ancient beastie. They broke the seal. They played this beast. It stole a bunch of amber, and it's a great time. It's a memory maker. Right, it's a memory maker. So overall, I love this. Uh, I love it. It's fun. I don't think it's going to be competitive. I do think where you will see it in competitive is a the pips on open the seal ending up in a pod you pick for alliance elsewhere, right? Because one amber and three discard is pretty friggin' sweet. Hopefully that makes up for any slowness in that two card combo for the rest of your deck if you know you do have a deck that's competitive outside of open the seal and thing from the deep those pips are great those are a whole lot of pips love love seeing that and hopefully they help the deck out even with thing from the deep being a bit slow so that's all i have for you today again you can see the art on these beautiful cards by going to the blog on keyforgepublicradio.com that is linked in the description and that is where you can find all sorts of old episodes and other blog posts to satisfy your keyforge longings uh, Keyforge Public Radio is, of course, supported by our amazing Patreon supporters. You, too, can join them at just $4 per month for Discord access and content votes. And, of course, exclusive Keyforge Public Radio episodes twice per month on what's going on with the show and more of my current news and opinions on what's happening in the greater Keyforge world. Thank you so much to our Airwave Advocate-level supporters like Paul Roadrunner. Dear listener, make sure you are following to hear more excellent Keyforge content here from Keyforge Public Radio whenever it drops. And remember, like your radio dial, may our Keyforge skills be well-tuned. Visit KeyforgePublicRadio.com to find all of our episodes, transcripts, blog posts, the KPR store, and more. Keyforge Public Radio is made possible with support from listeners just like you, who believe in this game and this show. When you join the Patreon, you receive access to votes on content, sneak peeks, early knowledge of interviews, access to the Discord, and other benefits. So come on down, I'd be honored if you joined us. Follow KPR on any social media platform you frequent. Just search for Keyforge Public Radio, and we're probably there. This show is produced by Rooster High Productions, which is me. And remember, dear listener, the most important part of Keyforge is the person across the table. <laughs>